This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Happy New Year. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad you're with us today. I think we're going to start just with prayer here this morning. I know just many of us in this room have had family members that are sick right now or have had certain issues. And so what we're going to do, we're going to pray for the the family here, the body of Christ, but also I want you to pray for your own individual families because I know there's a lot going on. I know many of you have lost family too. So let's just go to the Lord and pray. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you again today for your faithfulness. Thank you for the gift of healing through the Lord and Savior Jesus, that by his stripes we've been made whole. And so, Lord, all our, all our family members here, our church family, that have any symptoms within their bodies right now, we speak your healing power over them. And we thank you, Father God, for watching over, protecting. We usher in a new year with your grace, your mercy, Father God. And today, Lord, we ask that you bless us with your miracle-working power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you got a Bible, go with me to the book of Acts chapter 13. That's where we're going to begin today in Acts 13. And I know many times when we start a new year, we look at things called New Year's resolutions. And most of the time, our New Year's resolutions are based on physical stuff. The number one New Year's resolution every year is, I want to lose weight. I want to drop about a half a hundred and look good, you know, and so... There's nothing wrong with those things physically, but my point today is, what, what about some spiritual New Year's resolutions? I don't know if you have a desire to draw closer to God, to, to actually let, let his anointing pull us a little deeper, to stay a little longer, and in order for that to happen, it's going to take a, a desire, a craving, but also a discipline. And so I'm going to talk to something spiritually or biblically even today that's very significant that I think the church has gotten away from, and it's the area of fasting. So begin with me in the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now in the church, who I marked that in my Bible right there. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets, plural, and teachers, plural, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, which is later the Apostle Paul. So what you see here is five different men with five different racial and cultural backgrounds. And every time I read Acts 13.1, man, this, this comes alive to me that in the church was every nation of every tribe and every tongue. And I believe that's God's desire specifically for the times we live in. And so in the church, and I want you to hold on to that thought. In the church, verse 2, as they, in the church, they ministered to the Lord. That word ministered there literally means a, a public worship. They, they came together to publicly worship God in the church. And in the church, they fasted, a a spiritual exercise that's done in a, a voluntary basis for the purpose of seeking God. 
And so it's an area, again, I want to highlight today that in the church they fasted. And it goes on to say, and the Holy Spirit said, now separate, set apart, dedicate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. Then having fasted and prayed, and what you see is something that I believe goes hand in hand, fasting and prayer. And we, we got to stay with this church. This is very, very timely right now, I believe, to, to birth things for 2021, but for the breakthrough power of God to begin to work in your personal life. And so they fasted and they prayed. And in the church, they laid hands on them, then they sent them away. And when it says they laid hands on them, they, they separated them, they dedicated them. And so there are several things that, that I want to highlight in the church. A public worship, they fasted, they prayed, and they laid hands on them. And I believe those are still very influential if we'll just stay with what the Bible tells us to do. And so you begin to see something that, that took place in the early church. Fasting and prayer. Turn, turn one chapter to chapter 14. Verse number one. Acts 14 verse one. Or verse 21, excuse me. Acts 14 verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel. And the they right there are the two that they had laid hands on. Paul and Barnabas is who this was. And if we were to go back in scriptures just a little before that, there was some Jews from Antioch that got so upset with Paul that they stoned him to the point of death. But here he is, him and Barnabas, and it says specifically they preached the gospel. And I believe this is where the church as a whole has gotten away from. They preach the gospel, and that's the only thing that changes people, is when we preach the truth. And so they preached the truth to that city, and they made many disciples or followers of Christ. And they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, encourage them to stand firm in the faith. And I believe this year will be a year we need to be exhorted. Stand firm in your faith. Don't let go of the things of God. And when it says standing firm or, or, or staying with the faith, man, this walk with Jesus isn't a one-time deal. It's a life that I stay with him day by day by day. And so he encouraged them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. And in Western culture where we live, when we read that passage there, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Many people say, I'm out. I, I'm not going to do that. But when we study the New Testament, Paul, uh, Paul not only preached the joy of peace and the kingdom of God, he, he preached that me and you are going to experience trials and sufferings. We're going to go through things. God never promised a life without struggle. And so you're going to have to stay with it, and you're going to have to keep fighting and keep battling. And I believe this is going to be a year of that way, that there's going to be many trials and many hardships. But I don't say that for you to put your head down and say, woe is me. I say that to encourage you to say, 2021 is going to be a year that, that my faith is going to stay alive. 
Verse 23. So when they had appointed the elders in, the, in every church and they prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And so we see something again. Prayer and fasting. And Luke wrote about it there in, in, in Acts 13. And here the Apostle Paul specific highlights it. A New Testament principle. Now, go back with me to the book of Matthew chapter 6. And I want to give you another passage here that the Lord Jesus talked about. And in Matthew 6, we get to a place called the, the Sermon on the Mount. And if you're a student of the Word of God, you'll find out in Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, every one of those chapters are red-letter words. Jesus really, really highlights some things. And so... If you were to study the Sermon on the Mount, it's in the far northern part of Israel, uh, up above the Sea of Galilee. And so almost two years ago, when I had the honor to go to Israel, I went to the place where the Sermon on the Mount was given. And we got out of the bus, and some people never got out of the bus. They said, I'm not, I'm not walking up that. And some began and made it, maybe made it 50 yards and they quit. And some more made it about a quarter of the way. We got about two-thirds of the way up. And I had great respect for Jesus and the disciples. When you realize where they walked to to where they got to. But I believe the reason Jesus did that because on the Sermon of the Mount, you could look back into the Sea of the Galilee and, and right below there was the, the city of Capernaum. Then you had Magdala. Then you had Tiberias. On the other side over here, you had Gadara. And so what a, what a background and everything. But I believe there's so many people that were listening to Jesus. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, in, in chapter 6, he highlights three areas. He said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Now today, I'm going to take up the, pray, or the fasting part first of all. So we begin in Acts, or Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. He says, moreover, or furthermore, when you fast. Now, you may want to highlight that. He said, when you fast. He didn't say, if you fasted. Now, again, I highlight because these are red-letter words. This is Jesus telling me and you, when you fast. Now, would Jesus told us to fast if there wasn't any spiritual significance? No. When you fast, do not be like the hypocrites. Don't be like ones that make a production out of it. With a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. So you know what their goal was? They wanted everyone around them to know, look at me, I'm fasting. I'm so spiritual. And when they did this, Jesus highlights this, this verse here with an incredible ending. Look what he says here. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. You know what their reward was? They got it patted on the back by mankind. Now there's a reward in this because he highlights this. Verse 17, but you, when you fast, 
When you practice appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on, uh, concentrate on God, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Let me help you with that just a little bit. Bathe. Take a shower. Groom yourself a little bit, okay? Why would he tell us that? Verse 18, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. And you see this a lot of times. People, when they fast, woe is me, it's so difficult. They've got to broadcast to everybody. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. So there is some form of reward here that only takes place that when you actually fast, and you actually fast for the right reason. Now that's what we're going to highlight today, why we would fast and why we would fast for the right reason. Now you may never have done this before. And so this is why we're going to teach on it. But I believe within the fast, there's breakthrough power. Let me tell you a couple things the fast does not do. The fast does not do. The fast does not make you in better standing with God, okay? Jesus did that. The fasting is not a form of twisting God's arm. Fasting is not a form of trying to make God like you more or love you more, okay? That's not the principle of fasting. So when I talk about fasting, I'm going to highlight something because I'm going to show you biblically how this looks like. But in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the apostle Paul wrote that man is spirit, soul, and body. The dimensions of every one of us in here right now is spirit, soul, and body. I have a spirit, okay? You are a spirit being. That's what's going to end up in heaven for eternity. This thing you see right here, my body, my flesh, my earth suit, all this is a shell, okay? But he also highlights that my soul, and my soul is made up of my mind, my will, and my emotions. I believe when we fast, it will deal with every form of us, spirit, soul, and body. Now, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. So if my body is the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, I probably should take care of it. And Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, that it, when it comes to your body, I am to discipline my body. I am to bring my body into subjection. So you know what that tells me? If I don't bring my body into subjection, it's going to get out of subjection. So that word subjection means I must subdue it. I must discipline it. One translation says I must buffet it. Oftentimes that's misquoted and people say we are to buffet it. No. We are not to go belly up to the trough and see how much we can eat. We are to discipline it. To bring it under control. But what I find out, oftentimes with our, our bodies, we either go to an extreme. We focus too much on it, or we completely neglect it. 
Now, I believe there's a fine line right there. Now, turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 1. Way back in the Old Testament, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and you'll come into Daniel. Daniel, chapter number 1 is where we're headed today. And what I found out about a fast is this. That if it's not a big deal to you, it won't be a big deal to God. And when I fast, it's appetite denying to draw closer to God. Let me ask you a question here. Do any of you like to draw any closer to God? Man, I do. That's, that's my desire. I was given a commentary for Christmas about reading, and the person who gave it to me said, I hope you like it. And I said, oh, I love it. I said, I'm in a state of my life. I, I love to learn as much about God as I can. I want to know God like that, so I encourage you in that area. So we jump into Daniel chapter 1. What takes place here is this ungodly king named Nebuchadnezzar, who was Babylonian, he went into Jerusalem and he besieged it. He was taking everything, not only their, their uh, homes and all their possessions, but he was even after certain type of people. Daniel 1 verse 3. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his units, to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants, and some of the nobles. Young men in whom there's no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, in whom they may teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Now, the Chaldeans were notorious for, for magic and fortune-teller, so that's what they wanted to highlight here. That's what they wanted to teach them. Verse 5. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies, talking about food, and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training or school for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Bendigo. Now, they wanted to change their names. Did you know what I found? You can change a person's name, but it won't change their heart and their character. Just because you change their name. So that's what they were trying to do. Verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart. Now, you may want to underline that. Daniel purposed in his heart. He, he, he dedicated something to his heart. And what was that? That he would not defile or contaminate himself with a portion of the king's delicacies. He purposed in his heart. And you know what he said? I'm not going to eat certain things of the king's delicacies. Keep reading. Nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and the goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. The favor of God. You can't replace the favor of God. The favor of God has the abilities that open doors that only God can open. And it's interesting here. The favor of God was on this young guy named Daniel. And he goes on to say here in verse 10. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. 
For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. Do you know what he said here? He said, you don't want to eat what the king's supplying you to eat and drink. And you're going to come walking in here. And the king's going to look at you. And your complexion is going to look different. You're going to look starved. And you know what he's saying here? He's saying, listen, it won't be your head. It'll be my head. So you know what he knew? He wasn't playing around. They would literally behead him for stuff like that. Verse 11. So Daniel said to the the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Now what he just talked about here was a 10-day fast. A 10-day fast of fruits and vegetables and water. That's it. And I have people at times kind of mock this and say, well, that's not hard. That's easy. I could do that. Don't break the 11th commandment. Thou shalt not kid thyself. And what I find out about people oftentimes when it comes to a fast, they bite off more than they can handle. I had a guy one year who, who, who said, Pastor, I'm going to go on a full 21-day fast. And I said, have you ever fasted at all before? He said, no, but I think I can do it. I saw him two days later. And I said, how's that fast going? And he said, I didn't even make it 24 hours. So let me highlight this a little bit. He said, all we're going to eat is fruit and vegetables, or basically vegetables, and water. Now, let me, let me let, let dive into this a little bit, okay? Just because a word ends with corn doesn't mean it's a vegetable. Popcorn is not a vegetable. And corn pops are not a vegetable. And sometimes we look at things with fruit on it. Fruit loops are not a vegetable. And... Apple loops or whatever that, they're not a vegetable, okay? I'm, I'm literally talking about green beans and spinach and those things. And he said, in just water, and let me help you with just water, okay? That means no Dr. Pepper. I'm out. Some of you are out. No coffee, no tea, just water. And this is what is known here as a Daniel fast. And so what you're going to see here several times this morning is different lengths of fast and different types of fast. And I'm not here to tell you how long to fast. You can get before God and God will lead you and guide you. But I am telling you this, do something. If you've never fasted, do something this year. If you fasted before, say, Father God, I'm going to go into this with just more than, uh, more than I've ever done before. But listen, it's just not about going without food. Just going without food, that's dieting. We're not on a diet. We're going to do this for the purpose of seeking God. And again, you'll see over and over how it goes hand in hand. Now, this was a 10-day fast, a Daniel fast. 
The Lord Jesus in Matthew 4, verse 2, he went on a 40-day fast. And all he had was water. That was it. Has anybody in here, and I want you to be true, have you ever gone on a 40-day fast with just water? Has anybody done that in here? If you have, raise your hand. If you'll notice something, my hand's not raised. Now, I have a friend that he went on a 40-day fast, just water. And I saw him in the 20-day the stage, like 25 days. And when I looked at him, I'm like, oh, my gosh. He had the worst-looking jaundice. Jaundice, isn't it jaundice? His eyes, I mean, they were the craziest-looking yellow. And his skin, I was like, and that rascal, he'd been, he hung in there and he did it. And I was like, dude, you're the man. <laughs> you ought to go. I want to highlight, you got to do something. So Daniel challenges this head of the eunuchs and he said, 10 days. He said, just put us on vegetables and fruit. Verse 11. No, we're not 11, we're on 13. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So you know what he said? We're going to put this side over the ones who ate the king's delicacies. And then me and Shadrach and Abednego, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, we're going to stand over here. And you look at us and you see, you judge it. So he consented with them in the matter and he tested them 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better. Their complexion appeared better. And fatter in the flesh. They were more robust than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. 10 days on fruits, vegetables, and water. And guess what? It didn't kill them. They're more robust. Now, can you imagine this eunuch looking at him thinking, I, I don't get it. Verse 16, thus the steward took away their portions of delicacies and the wine that they were drink, and he gave them vegetables. Now, verses 17 through 20, watch the outcome of the fast here. As for these four young men, God gave them God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. So you saw the previous verse, what it did for their body. It was incredible, but now you're getting to see something with their, their soul. He said he gave them understanding and knowledge and literature and wisdom. Even in the things of this earth, he, he, he embrightened them. He, he put stuff within them that only God could do. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And Daniel had visions and dreams of knowledge, right? And Daniel... so. That has to do with his spirit man. Now, I know there's many of you in here 
that you've had visions and dreams. You know, the prophet Joel prophesied that in Joel 2. That in these last days, the Spirit of God would be poured out upon all flesh. The young would dream dreams and the old men would see visions. I still dream dreams. You can do what you want, but I'm still in the dreams. But think about this. That as they went on a 10-day Daniel fast, it unleashed something in the area of visions and dreams. I want to I grow deeper than that. I, I want more of a revelation of that. I believe in 2021... There's going to be great trials, but it'll be a year that you're going to begin to see some separation with the, the kingdom people and the world unlike any other time. And I believe one of it is there's going to be great visions and dreams. And so if you're a person that dreams dreams and has visions, man, we want to know. I want to know what God's showing you and telling you, okay? And so this was one of the highlights on Daniel. Now think about this. They're coming off a 10-day fast. Verse 18. Now at the end of the days when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. The king interviewed them, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom, and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, astrologers were in this realm. Ten times better. How many of you could handle a ten times better anointing on your life right now? I said, I'm in, Lord, I'm in. I take 10 times better wisdom. I take 10 times better understanding. I take 10 times better in all the things of the Spirit of God. So you know what God's saying? That when my children choose to fast and pray, I move them 10 times better above anything that the world can offer. Magicians, fortune, any of that. And all this was birthed when they fasted. When they sought God. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. Now some of you didn't realize this. But you've gone on many fasts. And what I mean by many fasts. Is if we were to take the word breakfast. The word breakfast has two meanings. Break fast. So from the time that you go to bed till the time you wake up is the longest time on a daily basis that you go without food or water. So let's just say you go to bed at 10 that night and you get up the next morning at 6. You've gone 8 hours without food or water unless you're getting up in the middle of the night and eating a bowl of, of, of ice cream. And maybe you do that, I don't know. So in that time span from your evening meal until you break the fast the next morning, your body and your soul or your mind gets real still. It gets quiet. It rests. 
And most people, when they have visions and dreams, you know when it takes place? At night, when your body and your mind get still. And you know what I believe happens? When your body and your mind get still and quiet, they get out of the way, and God's able to speak to you right then. So many of you have gone on many fast. You wouldn't even know breakfast. You were doing that. But you were. Chapter 10 of Daniel, verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed or given to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he, Daniel, understood the message and had understanding of the vision. Now what was given to him is he began to see that Jerusalem was going to be under attack. And God gave him forewarning that. It said he had understanding. Woo, wouldn't you like some understanding for 2021? And God does these things still. Verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Now, when I see this right here, he was mourning for three full weeks. He was mourning because he knew what was going to happen for Jerusalem. But when you see he was mourning for 21 days, he goes on a 21-day fast. How do we know he goes on a 21-day fast? Look at verse 3. In that 21 days, I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till the three weeks were fulfilled. And so Daniel goes on this fast. And highlight back in verse 2 where he says, I, Daniel. I don't know that anybody else was doing this with him. Pick up with me now, verse 7. And I, Daniel, there it is again, alone I saw the vision. For the men who were with me, they did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. So Daniel's seeing these visions, and I don't know who's with him, but none of them see it. But evidently they sensed it because they flee. They took off. Verse 8. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of the words, and when I heard the sound of the words, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. So we begin to get a picture. And he's, he's like he's in, a, in, in a, a mini coma. He's just laid out right there before God. Verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. He's like this. He's in his battle position. He's in a 21-day fast, and he's praying, and his hands are here, and he's calling out to God, and this hand touches him. And he trembles. Verse 11 
And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, it's like this angelic being. He salutes Daniel. And it's interesting, he says to me, O Daniel, greatly beloved. And he says that again about him in verse 18. O man greatly beloved by the forces of heaven. The angelic beings were very aware of this guy. And I don't believe it had anything to do with his looks or his smarts. I believe it was because his passion to pray and to fast and to draw near to God. And you know what it shows me? When human beings fast and pray like this, you become a magnet to the angelic forces. I thought some of you would really say amen about that. I was like, I want to be, a, I want to be an angelic magnet. I want to hang out with the angels. Keep reading. Greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you while he was speaking this word to me. I stood trembling. Can you imagine? This massive angel said, I bet we'd all be trembling. Now watch the truth in verse 12. There's incredible nuggets in this verse. Then this angel said to me, do not fear, Daniel, from the very first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard, and I've come because of your prayers or your words. On day one when he prayed, this angel said, I heard your words. Let me ask you right now, how many of you in here have been in prayer for a long season of your life for something? Don't abort your prayers. Don't give up on your prayers, okay? Stay with it. That angel heard it. And so the very first thing he says that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself. Now, when I saw the word humble yourself, it got really, really interesting to me. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says, and Ezra wrote this, the prophet Ezra. My people who are called by my name will humble and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I'll heal their land. The same Greek word for humble in 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is the same Greek word for humble right here. And I believe the humbling part was when a godly man or woman says, I'm going to humble myself to fast and pray. I'm going to humble myself to fast and pray. I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to stay with it and I'm going to stay with it and the oil of perseverance is going to come upon me. And he said, to humble yourself before your God, your words have come and I've come because of your words. Something happens in the spirit realm when we fast with the right motive. So when this angel said, I heard your, your words the very first day 
but now we've gone 21 days? What was the issue? Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Can I help you with that? The prince of Persia was a demonic entity that was trying to withhold the things that Daniel was praying for. So this passage right here, it shows me something that demonic armies, they tried to oppose God's purposes here on earth. And oftentimes that's the reason there's great struggles. But fasting and prayers have the ability to change the outcome. Thank you too for saying amen. See, don't quit on your prayers. You know what I think took place? is because not only did he pray, he kept fasting. You know, James 4, 8 says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I believe this is what he did. It's like in his prayer and his fasting, you know what he said? I'm, I'm not going anywhere, God, until you answer my prayer. And so he was opposed here by this demonic entity. And he says here, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princesses came to help me. Michael, now I don't know if you've ever studied the, the Bible about Michael. When Michael shows up, Michael's bad to the bone, okay? When Michael shows up, all the hell begins to tremble. And Michael shows up. Say, listen, guys, this is what I keep getting on this. This is how significant me and you's prayers are to God. This is how God wants to give us vision. God wants to move. If Michael's showing up, let me give you a little insight on that. There was a couple years ago with the men of iron. And I'm telling you, the presence of God came in there. And man, it was one of those settings. I, I, I wanted to just get in that coma just where I'm, I didn't want to blink. I didn't want to breathe. I thought, oh my gosh, the fear of God. And so a after the session's over, our good friend Kelly Castleman, who's seasoned in the spirit, I said, I got to talk to you. And he said, about what? And I said, what was going on? And he looked at me, he said, dude, I've never seen so many angelic beings here as this year. And I said, oh yeah, tell me about it. And he goes, Michael showed up and Gabriel. And I said, who? I knew they were all, I mean, when they show up to the men of iron, there's some things happening. So he starts revealing stuff to me. And I'm telling you, every hair on me stood up and I was like, oh my gosh, the spirits are, I'm so real. So the next morning, I go to breakfast, and there's about 20 of our men sitting around. They said, man, last night, Pastor, God was moving. He was doing stuff. And I said, yeah. So I started telling them about what he had told me. And all of a sudden, he's walking across there he was. And I said, hey, hey, come here. I said, you got to come share this with these guys. And he said, uh-oh. I was like, all right. A few minutes later, he comes back. And he said, I'll share so he sits down. He starts telling about Jesus and the angelic beings, everything. He said, that table goes from 20 to 50. 
And the more he speaks, it goes to 50 to 100. I, I'm, not, I'm not evangelistically speaking. There was probably 150 guys on chairs standing up, listening to everything. And he shared everything he saw. And all of a sudden, his head does this. He drops and he doesn't move. And right there on the table, I'm sitting and I'm realizing, uh-oh, somebody's here. And, and these big crocodile tears start coming down. And they're splatting on the table and he's not moving. He's not saying nothing. And I whispered and I said, is Jesus here? And he goes, And I was like, oh my gosh, we got to encounter the presence of God. I don't know if that stuff rocks you. I, I love stuff like, I love the presence of God. I love the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what's going on with Daniel. And I highlight again, it was birthed because a man, I, Daniel, said, I'll fast and pray. Verse 14. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. How many of you would like some understanding that what will take place to your people, your family, your kids, your grand? Man, I looked at that and I thought, I need some of that heavenly revelation right there. So I can't tell you what to do and I would never do that. But every time I study my Bible, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, and I find the, the heart of people to say, I, I want to grow closer to God. I'm not satisfied. And so a couple things. How many of you in here need some understanding? Understanding for your life, understanding for your kids. What would happen if we would begin to fast and pray for that? How many would you like to draw closer to God than you've ever been before? You know, I love the song on the radio. Draw me a little closer. Pull me a little deeper. I want to stay a little longer. Ooh, that's my heart right now. How many in here could use a 10 times anointing on your life right now? If, if you don't raise your hands, I need to pray for you because you're a liar. You need that. You need help. <laughs> I'm going to make that decision for you. But you know what I begin to get today? I know there's some of you, if you've prayed and prayed, whether it's for children You've prayed for your future. You've prayed for jobs. Some of you have prayed to get married. I believe this year will be a year of breakthrough. I really do. That God is a God of breakthrough. Just stand on your feet here with me. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.